Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We're going to start in this place this morning, looking at the person it mentions in that passage, that person is Jesus. Because as I just prayed, Jesus is in our midst here today through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is the reason that you have all come into this church building today. Because you've come to worship him, acknowledge him, glorify him. You've also come to be encouraged by him and challenged by him. I pray that you have come so that you know that you're going to be equipped today to go out in Jesus' name to your places in and around this town, where you are in the week, where you minister to your workplaces, your streets, your colleges, and so on. Jesus is the reason that we are here today. So let's start by looking at him. Today, the passages that we looked at focus on one key theme, which is the power to persevere. And so what we're going to do is I'm just going to do a really brief synopsis of Jesus' life, looking through the lens of what it is to persevere. Looking through the lens of how Jesus himself and those around him persevered. I know we're not quite there yet, but cast your mind forward a few months to December and we get to Christmas. Am I the first person to mention that word at the front this year? Hopefully. Great. I win the prize. Consider how Jesus came into this world. Mary fell pregnant, conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit, and she was betrothed to a man called Joseph. Joseph persevered and married Mary, even though it would have disgraced him because she was pregnant before they got married. But before they got married, they went on this incredibly long journey to get to Bethlehem to register themselves in the census that was happening. They arrive, and Mary is heavily pregnant. They will have persevered significantly on that journey. And you would have expected that they would have arrived to a warm welcome, a nice warm room, ready for her to give birth in the appropriate way to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. No, they could only find a stable. And Jesus was born in a humble manger. The life of Jesus started through an act of perseverance by Mary and Joseph. Jesus grows to become a man. And he is announced into the world at the start of his public ministry by a man called John the Baptist, who himself persevered. He lived in the wilderness, only ate 
honey and wild locusts. He was there ready to announce that the kingdom of God was coming and that it was coming in the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus arrives. John the Baptist sees him and he says, this is the man. This is the man that we have all been waiting for. This is the man who is going to redeem mankind. And John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. And we hear God the Father call down as Jesus rises up from the water. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. What does Jesus then do straight after his baptism? He goes into the wilderness for 40 days and he fasts. Can you imagine fasting for that long? The perseverance within Jesus himself. And not only that, in the wilderness when he was fasting, who came to test him? The devil himself. Jesus' public ministry started with an act of perseverance. Then consider the ministry that Jesus had on this earth. People saw him, but didn't truly see him. People didn't get who he was. People didn't believe the truths that he was saying. Jesus healed people, and they often never even thanked him. Jesus set people free from the things that were binding them, and yet he was accused of being demonic. Jesus performed miracles within the view of the 12 disciples, those 12 men that he gathered around himself, and they didn't even understand who he was or what he had come to do. I mean, can you imagine the level of perseverance Jesus went on day after day after day to show people that he had come to proclaim and step in the kingdom of God. Fast forward to the end of Jesus' life. The thing that we think about at Easter time. And we see one of Jesus' disciples, one of his closest friends, betray Jesus, hand him over to the authorities who have been wanting to get him since day one of his public ministry for a bag of silver. Jesus then prays to his father to not be sent to his impending death. The death that he had been telling people was coming and his father says to him, no, you will go and be obedient and faithful to my calling over you. Jesus is then handed over to these authorities. He has a trial, an unfair trial, and this man, Pilate, has two people in front of him, and there is an opportunity for Jesus to be let go, but the crowd have to decide, and the crowd are rallied up by the religious authorities. And the crowds say, no, we don't want Jesus to be set free, this sinless man. We want this sinner, Barabbas, to be set free. Jesus is then tortured. He then goes to the cross and dies the death of sinners. Yet he himself never sinned. Just 
Consider that story. I know that was a quick umbrella of the story of Jesus' life. But think about the perseverance needed to get to that point where he readied himself to be hung on the cross. To take away all the sin of the world and redeem humankind to himself. But we know that's not the end of the story. Because three days later, Jesus had defeated death, rose again to then appear to his disciples who didn't believe it was him and doubted what he had come to do. Jesus' life is defined by many things. Jesus' life is defined by hope, joy, love, the resurrection. But I would like to say to you today that Jesus' life was also defined by his perseverance, his faithfulness, and his obedience. Because Jesus knew what it was to be misunderstood, yet he persevered anyway. Jesus knew what it felt like not to be trusted, yet he stayed true to the course his father had sent him on. Jesus knew what it was to be let down, but he was faithful regardless. Jesus knew what it was to be accused, to be beaten, to be downtrodden, to be despised, to be hated and rejected. And yet Jesus persevered in all things. Jesus has felt each of our emotions himself because he himself has gone through the path of perseverance. Jesus himself has had the thoughts that we have, that we can't carry on, we can't continue, we can't persevere through whatever is in our wake. Yet Jesus persevered anyway. Jesus has felt the disappointments that we have felt. Why do I talk about Jesus this morning? Well, here's the reason why we are here. But we as disciples of Jesus, we as followers of Jesus, those who have committed to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and go and do the things that Jesus did, we need to hear the example that Jesus set, that he persevered in all things. And we ourselves need to follow in that example. We too Persevere in all things, faithful and obedient to God. So I want you to take a moment and I want you to just name in your mind that thing that right now you know is something that you are endeavouring to persevere through. What is it for you that right now is causing you hurt, pain, discomfort, discouragement. And give it to Jesus. Because Jesus knows what it is that you are walking through. Jesus knows what it is that you are going through. And not only that, he walks the journey with us.
as we go through it. Today, I, I want to look quite practically at how we can persevere. And I think this passage of scripture, which we didn't read before, is one that tells us how. This is John 14, verses 12 and 13, and I'm going to read a little bit more of the passage in a minute. John 14, verse 12 says this. I am telling you the truth. Those who believe in me will do what I do. Yes, they will do greater things because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father's glory will be shown through the Son. Who said that? That was Jesus. Jesus says that if we believe in him, we will do the things that he has done. In other translations it says, we will do the works that Jesus has done. We will do the things that Jesus has done. But nay, not just the things that Jesus has done. We will do greater things than Jesus has done. Frame that in this act of perseverance that you all will be going through on a personal level and also as a church. Frame that, that if you believe in Jesus, you too can persevere in all things. And how can you do that? Well, the passage continues, verse 16 and 17, it says this. Again, this is Jesus speaking. I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper who will stay with you forever. He is the Holy Spirit. When Jesus rose again and ascended to heaven, he left us the gift that lives in us and through us and enables us to persevere in all things. The Spirit is here, my friends. The Spirit is here, living in us, living within you as a church, as the body of Christ here. And as a result, you can persevere. Let's just go back to our Philippians text, if it can go on the screen. Thank you. It says this, a reminder. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me, And straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In very practical terms, how can we persevere? Well, this passage tells us that we do three things. One, take hold of Jesus. Take hold of Jesus. If you personally have never done that for yourself, you have the opportunity today to take hold of Jesus. You have heard the arc of Jesus' life and what he has done for you. You have the opportunity to say, yes, I believe in you, Jesus, knowing that therefore I will do the things that you did and even greater things. Take hold of Jesus and never let go. 
If you, some months, years ago, took hold of Jesus and you can proclaim in your life that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, continue to hold Jesus close. Continue to hold him and never let go. This is the only way we as people, you as a church together, will persevere in all things. The second thing this passage says is, forget what is behind and push forward to what is ahead. Whatever has gone on in the past, in your personal life, turn away from it. Leave it where it should be in the past and strive forward to what is ahead in your life. Christ church, you as a church, you need to strive forward looking at what is ahead for you. Looking at what is ahead as you hold firm to Jesus. And why do we do that? The final reason is because we press on towards the prize. Now ultimately this passage is talking about the prize of spending eternity with Jesus. The prize that we have, if we believe in Jesus, life and life to the full right now. But I would like to think as well, this passage is saying that there are prizes, there are things along the way, that as we forget what has been and we look forward to what is ahead, holding Jesus close, that these prizes, these things that God has for each and every one of you personally and as a church will come to pass. But friends, I, I humbly know that it is not easy. It is not easy to persevere. It is not easy to do that. But we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Which means, just like Jesus, we can we can persevere. I want to tell you a quick story, just as I illustrate one more point as we sort of draw our time together to a close. Um, you may have seen my family down here. Obviously, many of you will know my family. Uh, some new faces uh, won't do. Uh, but I'm married to Hannah, and we have three kids. Uh, Zachary is seven, Primrose is five, and Evangeline is two. And we were on holiday this past summer. And Zachary, our eldest, um, wanted to go and visit a waterfall. And so we thought, okay, we'll, we'll try and be good and um, encouraging parents. And yes, we will go and visit this waterfall. Yet this waterfall was up quite a mountain and a pretty decent climb uh, to get there. Not only that, to get to see the waterfall, you had to, when you got to the top of this mountain, um, pass from one side of the mountain to a different one along this suspension bridge, which I'm pretty sure they could have designed to be a bit more rigid and a bit less wiggly, 
It also has a glass floor. It is also about 500 metres long with a one kilometre drop uh, down. Uh, just to say, Hannah is petrified of heights. Uh, poor thing. Anyway, we endeavour and we uh, get to the base of this mountain. And instantly we think of the three obstacles that are in our wake straight away. One, a few weeks before we'd been to New Wine. Uh, many of you have been to New Wine, the conference that happens in the summer. And Hannah had been cooking our tea um, and she had got a boiling um, kettle full of water and she needed an extra stove so she put uh, the kettle on the floor and unfortunately she kicked it which ended up uh, having uh, second degree burns and spending a night in hospital as we're in New Wine. Um, so she was able to walk, by the way, otherwise obviously we would never have said that we would go, um, but she was certainly quite hobbly. You may remember, I don't expect you to, but you, remember, you may remember that when we as a family arrived here at Christchurch, um, we went to a New Wine pretty soon after we arrived, and um, I dislocated my shoulder. Um, yeah, and um, two days prior to this walk, um, I thought that I was still in my early 20s and was racing Zachary along this um, blow-up obstacle course in the middle of a lake. Um, he beat me, I fell off, and I dislocated my shoulder again. I mean, he was made up because he won the race, but I was there floating in the water with this arm dangling down, trying to get to the side. So my arm, once again, was in a sling. Three, when we got to the base of the mountain, we recollected that the last time we did this, it was just with Zachary, the other two kids hadn't been born, and we had a baby carrier to carry Zachary up the mountain. And at this moment, we didn't have a baby carrier, and we had three children. Anyway, we... With an arm in a sling, Hannah hobbling, we take a few first steps. And if you've got kids, had kids, uh, ever looked after kids before, taken them on a walk, you will resonate with this. No joke, 10 metres in, the kids start moaning that they didn't want to carry on. <laughs> this walk was a long walk, and we were 10 metres in. The reason for telling this story, however, is this. The blessing of this mountain was twofold. One... It had something in the faraway distance that we wanted to see, and that was incredibly beautiful, a prize to be won. Two, the mountain was quite windy. And so what it made us do was encourage the children, and Hannah, and myself, to the next bend, to the next corner. Because as we moved round one corner, we could only see a few hundred metres in front of us to the next corner. We move from one corner to the next corner to the next corner. Yes, with many bribes and many snacks. But we got there in the end. We got to the prize. To see the beauty of God's creation in action in this waterfall. Friends, I, I say this. Because as we all persevere... <laughs> in whatever it is that we might be doing on a personal level. But as you as a church, as a body of Christ, unified together, as you persevere through, look to the next corner. Take those few steps. 
to get to the next marker and see what beauty beholds at that point. See what prize there might be at that point. And yes, there may be many more corners to go round. But each day at a time, each week at a time, personally persevere through what you are going through and together as a church in this season, which requires perseverance, which requires faithfulness and obedience together as one body, How will you do this? Take hold of Jesus. Take hold of Jesus. Forget what is behind. Strive towards what is ahead. The next corner. And you will win the prize. Would you stand with me? Friends, I have a deep love for this place. Jesus has a deep love for this place. This is Jesus' church. Take hold of Jesus. Strive towards what is ahead. To win the prize. One day at a time. One week at a time. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. And then I'll say what we'll do about some personal ministry time. But would you just hold your hands out in whatever way you feel appropriate. Holy Spirit, would you come and rest on each and every one of us as this unified church together, persevering for you, Jesus, in all things. Bless your church here, Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit to strive towards what is ahead. In your name, Jesus. Amen. I'm assuming we've got some prayer ministry time. If not, I'll pray with you. If you have had stirring in your heart today, if there's been something that you know is going on within you that you want prayer for, come down to, I assume, this side and there'll be a few people that can pray with you as we sing our worship and adoration to you. Do not leave this place if you have had a stirring or you know you deeply want Jesus and that you want to hold on to him and strive towards what is ahead. Amen.